this hour by Frederick Remington fully cooked ready to eat bacon. Exclusive no refrigeration 10 year extended shelf life bacon. The thickest media center cut bacon in the industry at fullycookedbacon.com. Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature outspoken blogger, podcaster, and man about town, Kirk McElhern. A little bit later, we'll talk to Rob Pegarero, who writes for USA Today and Yahoo Tech and all sorts of other places with all sorts of things to talk about on the Tech Night Out Live. So, I don't know, listeners have been following my exploits online might know that my car had an argument with a truck. And quite often when a car has an argument with a truck and the truck's going pretty fast, the car loses the argument. But thank heavens for seatbelts and especially airbags. I sent... Kirk, a picture of the thing with the airbags. You see how they're deployed? Isn't that nice? Yeah, they, they are a great invention. It's true. How big was the truck? It was one of those Dodge Ram trucks, and so not a super big truck. So like a van? It's a truck. Okay, when, when Americans say truck, they mean anything from a pickup truck to an SUV to a van to an 18-wheeler. It's more like a pickup truck. Okay. It's an old pickup truck, so I would expect any damage to it. It's a 20-year-old truck. Any damage to it would total it. Yeah. But and in my, it probably didn't have airbags if it's that old. Yeah, but he had very little damage. I think the radiator was damaged on his, and he looked none the worse for wear. As for me, when you compress with the airbags and everything, you will live, but everything is achy for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So I do have to get to a doctor, but I have no car. So we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, so therefore, we're having a lot of excitement this week. It's just I can just feel the excitement. And you can me. feel the heat. It's like 140 degrees in your state, isn't it? Today will be 111. On okay. Saturday, when the show is broadcast, it will be 114. And then by next Wednesday, it'll be a real cool 107. It was 118 a day or two ago. And imagine this okay. thing with an accident. It occurs when it's like 118 outside. Yeah. And you got to get out of the car and wait and all that. Well, fortunately, this particular car had a feature similar to OnStar from GM. And so when the airbags deployed, they knew about it. And the police yeah. were there within five minutes. The That's good. medics were there to check me out. And they said, you know, they didn't see anything serious enough to send me to the hospital. But if I felt anything, get to a doctor. But they were there pretty quickly also. The police officer drove me home because it happened oh, maybe. Nice. Well, I was only maybe six minutes from the house. So the officer drove me home and very nice about it. I assume the other guy got a ticket because I didn't. And somebody's got to get a ticket and an accident is severe, I assume. Right. I'm just looking at the weather for, for where you live. My God. 
To be fair, humidity like 26%, that really is dry. We, we just finished a week-long heat wave here in the 90s, which is very uncommon, and the humidity was like 60-70%. Yeah, you get it a different way than we do. You know, once you get over 100 degrees, it's like, <laughs> this is just not normal. This isn't normal. It's the new normal. Yeah, but why? No, it's, it's too late, but why are you living in a place so hot? Well, you know, at this age, it's going to be expensive for me to move somewhere else. I don't want to live here anymore. No offense to anybody, but I'd rather not live here anymore because of a lot of things. And certainly the cost of cooling this place is tremendous. Imagine the temperature outside is 118 and you have to run the air conditioner. I can always pray for a place with solar panels. Yeah, I would not live where you live. I mean, I'm looking at the, the weather over the past few weeks. You've just had like 100 degrees for 10 days, and you're going to have 100 degrees for at least another week or so. It's just not human. Anyway, let's move on. Now, I've got a couple of stories about this. And we also had, so we had Rob Griffiths on the show talking about the construction of his gaming machine, a Hackintosh. He originally called it a Franken-Mac. When they did that stuff like eight years ago. Yeah. And the thing about this, of course, is that he wanted to be able to run his flight simulator app. And he had a 2014 iMac with 5K Retina display. But when he ran this app, the frame rates were just subpar. And the cooling fans would be roaring on his iMac made it very disturbing. In other words, it was calling out a lot more than it could handle. So he decided to build one. So he got this very expensive NVIDIA graphics card that cost $550 by itself, and he built a mini tower that he says worked very well for the game, but he had problems doing a lot of other stuff, a lot of ordinary stuff that you expect a Mac to do. And that, I guess, is the big problem with doing this Hackintosh, right, Kirk? Yeah, we, we talked about it some weeks ago that I built a Hackintosh Mini. Um, Rob and I were doing this about the same time, and so we've got three articles that just came up on Macworld this week. One where I explain what I did to build mine, one where he explains what he did to build his, and then one where he looks at the pros and cons of building uh, a Hackintosh. Um it works if you're really careful, but it takes an awful lot of time to make sure that it's just exactly right, that all the drivers are correct, and it's it's not for the faint of heart. Um, I'm not sure that I'm going to keep using mine as a Mac. I might just put Linux on it, use it for my Plex video library, use it for time machine backups and, and file serving and stuff like that. Because every time there's a, a Mac OS update, you may break something and have to reinstall. And it's an awful lot of maintenance time to do this. Um, I would never build a, a Hackintosh and use it um, as my main machine because I have work to do. Um, if my computer is uh, isn't working and I need to spend hours to fix it, that costs me a lot of money in, in time lost. So I would never do that. Um, I, I did mine more... Um, more as a proof of concept. Rob really wanted to to make a computer, as you said, to play his flight simulator. For me, it was a proof of concept. And the proof is there that it's possible to do it, but that it's really, really not that easy. Now, I understand here, there is a site called Hackintosh. 
and they give you links to other sites where people have done this kind of thing. And they will list the hardware that you could set up your faux Mac with to get the best <clears throat> compatibility. They give you advice in setting it up, apps and things to help you install the operating system, all that stuff. But remember that Apple and Mac OS are so tightly integrated to a specific number of hardware setups, a specific number of modifications, <clears throat> of customizations and such, that whether they care about it or not, and I'm sure they don't, it's very, very difficult to make these third-party solutions work. Some people do. I guess if you constantly babysit the thing, or you have the luck of whoever, you I, might I think the babysitting succeed. is more what you need to do. And you need to spend a lot of time on forums, um, places like Reddit, where there's people talking about Hackintoshes. Because every time, as I said, every time there's an update, something might break. Now, what's interesting is that most of the hardware that you're buying off the shelf is relatively standard hardware. Um, th these are Intel processors. These are, you know, any sort of disk, SSD, or a hard drive is going to work. Um, most video cards are supported or not. And it's pretty clear if they are. You'll know if they are or not. But the real difference comes in the motherboard, which is where Apple has tweaked the components for their computers. And, you know, there are all sorts of little chips on the motherboard that control different things, whether it be network access, um, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and things like that. Um, for, for my model, I decided to not worry about um, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. I would have had to buy another card, uh, a PCI card, to get that to work, and it didn't seem very reliable. Let me break here. We've got more to come, catching up on the Hackintosh, built by Kirk McElhern. Bit later, Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. 
Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Biochemistry determines your mood, memory, energy, and endurance. Your body's primary metabolic function is to make protein. One World Way is a unique, non-denatured protein. This enables your body to have virtually 100% utilization, whereas typical whey protein powders offer no more than 18% utilization of protein. One World Way also delivers life-giving frequencies to your cells. The net result for so many people is improved energy, mood, and elimination of pain from inflammation. This technologically enhanced One World Way has been really amazing for me. I'm 36 years old, and for the past several years, I've been struggling with lack of energy, drive, and stamina. And after just two weeks on this product, I'm feeling so much more energy. My yoga practice has deepened, and as a massage therapist, I'm able to see more clients than I've been able to in years. I've never felt results that quick with anything I've ever taken. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So Kirk's telling us about the things he left out in order to do his Hackintosh Mini. So you made a minimalist Mini, right? I did. As I said earlier, I didn't want to worry about Wi-Fi and Bluetooth because my, my goal was to make a headless Mac, one that can run as a server that can replace a Mac Mini that I'm currently using, a server that's five and a half years old, almost six years old. So I didn't care about the video card, um, even though the motherboard I got does... I think it even does 4K on two monitors. So the onboard video was enough for me for the time that I would connect the monitor when I was setting it up. I didn't want any advanced communication. I was using Ethernet over a power line adapter. Um, So I really kept it minimal. And, And that, of course, made it a little bit simpler in terms of which hardware, which drivers and all that I could use. But nevertheless, it wasn't simple to get it working. It may not actually still be working. I mean, I've... 
I've had it running and I've updated it and then I've put it aside and then I've, you know, done a number of things. So um, I'm not really sure right now if today I could boot it up and get it to work correctly. So next week you won't and don't even try the developer beta of Mac OS High Sierra on it. I would definitely not try a developer beta. Um, and, and it's very possible that, as I said, I'll install some sort of Linux on it. In that case, it will be absolutely simple to get it running because there are Linux distributions that will run on, I wouldn't say all hardware, but there are going to be drivers for everything, for, for every element of my setup uh, available for Linux. Yeah, certainly. Or even run Windows on it, but that would be pushing it. Well, I don't need to run Windows. It, it's not, there's absolutely no reason to run Windows for me. No, I understand that. And or take it to a data center and, you know, run your own websites. Yeah, there's nothing that I need. I just need a server. And whether it's running macOS or not doesn't matter that much. I mean, I'd rather it run macOS, but if it doesn't, that's not a big deal. So what did this cost you again? So if I look at it in the cost here in the UK, it was about 425 pounds, but the equivalent price for the same components in the US, I think it was $470, something like that. Now, the the specs that I put in it were... Uh, pretty close to the high-end specs of the currently available Mac Mini. And this was about $1,000. Um, this is about $1,000 today for the current uh, top-end Mac Mini. Now, my processor was different, but since mine is a newer processor, it's a lower-grade processor, an i3 instead of an i5 or an i7. But it, since it's a newer processor, it's still a lot faster. It's very hard to compare processors. You'd have to get detailed benchmarks, and of course, the the benchmark would depend on which operating system it's running and all that. But I bought a very cheap processor, and it was it would probably be as fast as or faster than the current processor, um, the current high end processor that Apple offers. But if you look at the other computers, the latest generation Intel processors are providing a pretty substantial performance boost. Yeah, but the Mac Mini doesn't have those processors. And it makes no sense. I wonder why Apple... Well, they haven't updated the Mac Mini in a couple of years. They they recently, as we know, they recently updated a lot of Mac hardware, but not the Mac Mini. Um, So the processors that they have are relatively slow compared to what we have today. Um, For instance, the the high-end, the basic high-end processor is a 2.8 gigahertz dual core intel core i5 now i bought a 3.6 gigahertz intel core i3 so the i5 is a little bit faster but the 3.6 gigahertz is faster that's why i said it's roughly comparable do you feel satisfied you did it though yeah i am because i'd never done this before i mean i've i've had pcs and i've had to change parts and i've installed linux on um, pcs as well but i've never actually built a computer um, so I have a computer that I put together and, and I understood what the problems were in doing this. Um, I, I saw what one needs to do and, I, and I'm aware of how complicated it is. Um, so yeah, I think it was an interesting learning experience. Now, as Apple does more and more custom things, I wonder if it will be harder to make these Hackintoshes in the future. It's hard to tell because there is a strong community that that tweaks drivers to make them work on Hackintoshes. And, and you know, I think a lot of these people are doing it just because it's a hobbyist thing. Um, again, 
no one should trust their business to a, a home-built computer where there's no warranty, where something can go wrong one day because you accidentally put automatic updates on and the operating system changes something. Um, it's it's kind of like, I guess, in the early days of computing when people were building their own computers. So, you know, they'd buy like a motherboard and, and a couple of things and they'd have to build the rest of it. Um, but, you know... It takes a special kind of person to want to do that today when computers are so good and when you, you've got a computer in your pocket, you've got a computer on your wrist. Again, it all depends on what you need. If you need a, a simple computer as a file server, um, you know, for that $400-odd, you can set it up. You can connect. You can add a couple of internal hard drives, connect external hard drives, store a lot of stuff if you need for backups or to, to house your media collection. And as I said, there are going to be Linux distributions that work pretty much out of the box. You install, it's going to run, because when you install, it'll detect the hardware and, and install the correct drivers. It's just more complicated to get macOS to run, because macOS isn't designed to run on home-built computers. Well, I've read about it. I have no interest. Now, we should point out, in all fairness, the early versions of Windows had severe driver problems. And people who bought PCs in the 90s and the 2000s, if you didn't have a specific, simple configuration, quite often you run into difficulties. It's not really as bad now. No, but, it's not. And and back in the day, yeah, in the 90s, it was quite a problem. Um, but things have gotten a lot more... Things have gotten more rational, and, and I think there are fewer providers of different devices. You know, they're basically two companies that make all the chips go into your computers. Um, there are, what, basically two video card companies, so you don't have as much variety as you did before. Um, you've got more standards in terms of um, how hard disks connect to the SATA standard, for instance. So I think I think a lot of things have decanted, so we don't have as many variables as we did in the past. Oh, I like that term, decanted. Yes. I, I'm, I'm right words, you know. That's my job. Right. You're a wordsmith. But your name ain't Smith. I'm a writer. I'm an actual writer. Yeah, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> All right. Well, in any case, there we go for the Hackintosh. And if you're interested, the articles are at Macworld. Also, over at technightowl.com, I've done a few reports about all this stuff, the world of the Hackintosh Revisited, is my recent one where I quote Rob's article, one of his several, about what he ran into when he tried to do this. But I understand Apple is never, ever going to license somebody to make an official Mac OS clone that was tried once and it failed. People forget that. we got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Message and data rates may apply. Warning. Texting while driving is illegal just about everywhere. So if you want 20-20 vision and you're driving, pull over when you can. Because a life-changing offer is just one text away. The LASIK Vision Institute is now offering absolutely free evaluations and dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK. Text the word CLEAR88 to 350-350 to get the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology for a fraction of what others charge. Text to schedule your free appointment to see if LASIK is right for you. Results may vary. Don't miss out. When you text CLEAR88 to 350-350, you'll also get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Today, it's your turn. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you've always wanted for a fraction of what others charge. This great offer is just one text away. Text CLEAR88 to 350-350. That's C-L-E-A-R-88 to 350-350. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg.
So the very best way, my friends, to support the Tech Night Owl Live is to become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus at plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. We give you the commercial-free version of this show free of 41 minutes of those network ads and better quality audio for a modest monthly subscription fee. Try it. Plus.technightowl.com. Kirk McElhern and I are talking. We started talking about his efforts to build a homebrewed Mac using generic third-party hardware, making it work with Mac OS. And of course, Apple didn't design that. And I mentioned at the end of the last segment, Kirk, you'll agree with me on this, I think, Apple's not going to license Mac OS to a third party. No, 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 no. They'll never do that. No. I mean, some people are saying, well, Apple won't produce this hardware. Why not license to a manufacturer or two? And they don't understand. If Apple sees a market for a product that will be profitable to them, a configuration of computer, they might make it or something similar. I mean, they felt there was a demand for a professional-grade iMac, and look what they did. Yeah, I can't see them licensing clones again, because that was quite disastrous um, when that was done back in the 1990s. Remember what happened then. What happened is that they pay Apple for licensing macOS. They produce these computers mostly variations of traditional cheap PC designs, and they throw the Mac parts in there. And they were compatible and all. Some of them, of course, pretty treacherous to upgrade. I remember these power computing boxes where you had all these little metal pieces in there. You can cut your fingers trying to replace RAM or adding a drive. The problem is, since they really didn't care about having attractive hardware, they built it cheap. And they undercut Apple. And Apple was losing sales because they went after Apple's core business. Apple did this licensing without thinking, hey, wait a minute. Are we opening up new markets or just giving other people a chance to compete with us? And guess what happened? Yeah, we remember what happened. They basically cut it off very quickly um, because they realized that it was too problematic, that it was competing. This was the period when Apple wasn't doing that well. And I guess they thought they would expand their reach by or through licensing, but that was a big mistake. And you see, I think they also listened to people in the media, industry analysts who said, yeah, Apple needs to clone the Mac. They need to do this. And they forgot that Apple has been in the business of selling hardware that was enhanced by its own in-house software. But they were selling hardware. Microsoft is selling operating systems. And that's still the disconnect, although Microsoft today is trying to sell hardware, but the Surface has never taken off. People think Apple should compete with the Surface. Last quarter, when Mac sales were up slightly, Surface sales revenue was down 26%. So why are they saying that the Surface is such a big deal? And the same token, people are saying, Amazon Echo, Amazon Echo. Apple sells more Apple Watches than Amazon sells Echoes in terms of unit sales. Yeah. Well, we know that they're releasing a device that's going to compete with the Amazon Echo. Sure. The HomePod. Yep. The difference is that the HomePod is a speaker system with a digital assistant. And the Amazon Echo is basically a digital assistant with, you know, speakers. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see what happens, how successful it is, how good it sounds. Um, it's not very clear. Well, the thing is here that from what I've read, the HomePod sounds pretty good. Of course, I haven't heard it. Yeah, we, we have to wait and see. Now, speaking of which, I was reading reviews of the AirPods. I'm getting sick and tired of the pods because I forget what they are. We've got a HomePod yeah. and we've got an AirPod and we'll soon have a Pod Pod, but we have the iPod already. But <laughs> the sound on those things gets mixed reviews, as you know. I read Consumer Reports and they gave it like, eh, that was their rating in so many words to the sound quality of the AirPod. Yeah, the AirPod doesn't sound very good. It's convenient. Um, it's incredibly convenient. I mean, I use them to make phone calls all the time. Um, I use them when, I, when I'm out walking and I want music, but I don't care that it sounds not too good. Uh, but you don't want to use them to listen to music, to really listen to music. That's not what they're designed for. Well, the HomePod, I think it's designed to listen to music. I think that's the difference, but we have to see what kind of sound quality you get. It's designed as a speaker, but again, it's it's going to depend on a lot of things. Um, it's important to note that it's a mono speaker, so if you want a stereo pair, it's twice as expensive. It's $700. Um, for $700, you buy yourself an amplifier and a pair of speakers and an Airport Express to airplay to it. So the, the sound quality, the, the cost of that device for the way it sounds is extremely expensive. Well, they have some ideas there that I like. Don't know about the sound. One is to be able to precisely tune the speaker to your acoustic environment. And that's one of the biggest problems with home loudspeakers, to tailor it to your room. And you have situations there where people move them closer to the wall, further from the wall, dealing with wall reflections and things like that. And, you know, it's maybe not that way when you're dealing with things like sound bars and the sound base or something for a TV set where you hook it up to the set. You put the thing in front of the set or you, with a sound base, put the TV set on it. So positioning is pretty fixed. But in general, positioning loudspeakers has always been a little bit of voodoo. Yeah, I disagree. No, no, I disagree. With the exception, I mean, you just basically want to keep your speakers at least a foot from the wall. You want to make sure that your subwoofer is in a place where it's not going to boom too much. I, I've never found positioning speakers to be that difficult. As long as, you're, as long as your listening area is at a point of an equilateral triangle or even a non-equilateral triangle, but an evenly sided triangle that is facing you, it's going to sound okay. I think people get too obsessed with the whole speaker placement thing. Well, also, if you're not using really expensive loudspeakers, it won't make as much of a difference. But when you get to the really expensive stuff, you want to have a high-quality audio system. Things are very sensitive. Placement is very sensitive. Again, I don't buy that too much. If you've got that much money to spend on really expensive speakers and audio equipment, you've also got money to spend on room treatment, which means you put up um, devices that absorb sound so it doesn't reflect incorrectly. Um, you're going to have enough money to have a listening room, and you're going to be able to do it without a great deal of difficulty. I, I've never really found that this is a problem for average music listeners. As you wish. But, you know, that's a matter of opinion. But in the end, Apple makes it seamless. I just think, though, if you're trying to do surround sound, you can't do it with one speaker or one speaker system. 
Well, of course you can't do surround sound like that. I, I don't think anyone's pretending it's surround sound. They're saying it's going to sound like surround sound. And, you know, without getting too technical, there are ways to do that where you put the two speakers, uh, where you put the, the multiple speakers you've got out of phase of each other and it gives it um, an illusion of a sound stage. But this is certainly not going to be real surround sound. Well, remember also, most people who watch stuff on their TVs, movies and such, you hook up, for example, a sound bar on your set or you use the TV's built-in speakers. You're not getting real surround sound. You're getting faux surround sound. You're getting fake surround sound. The real thing is at least 5-1, which is, you know, having a center speaker, a speaker at the right and left, a speaker in the rear, right and left, and a subwoofer. Five speakers plus a subwoofer. That's real. But what you're getting with what they call the 2-1 systems, which is two speakers and one subwoofer, or just an integrated system with a sound bar on your set, they're playing tricks. It's not the real thing. More of the real thing is coming on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. If you had purchased $100 of Bitcoin in 2010, today you'd have $2,600,000. While that sinks in, you now have a huge cryptocurrency opportunity trading at a guaranteed $0.07 cents per coin. ProCoin, a coin publicly traded in the open market, easily converted to cash, available in 60 countries, and ProCoin is the only cryptocurrency offering coin-back rewards for consumers and merchants. Take action by June 30th at ProCoinCurrency.net. That's ProCoinCurrency.net. Deadline for $0.07 cent guarantee is June 30th. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 
365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP hardened generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP hardened solar generator energy insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we have Kirk McElhern talking briefly about the HomePod and you regard it as an expensive toy. Well, at $350, it's very expensive. If so, One of the main competitors in audio is Sonos, and Sonos has a small speaker. It's a bit smaller than the HomePod. Um, it's called the Play One, and I believe you can get a pair of them for $350. So that's a stereo pair, so it sounds like it's real stereo. Um, with the HomePod, it might sound good for a single speaker, but it's not stereo sound. Um, and if you do want full rich stereo sound you're going to pay double so seven hundred dollars for that apple is obviously selling this as both a siri device and a music listening device and it remains to be seen how efficient siri is in that type of usage i mean siri doesn't work for me hardly ever so i wouldn't even consider buying it for that you know they're trying to do two things in one and i'm not sure that there is a market for people who want both of these things. And, and if all you want is Siri uh, and you're an Apple user, you've got your iPhone and you can just say, hey, Siri, and your iPhone is wherever you are, whereas with this device, you've got to be in the room where it is. So which room do you put it in? Do you put it in the kitchen, the living room, um, in the bedroom? And, and if you want it in more than one room, that's $350 per room. Um, whereas Amazon, at least, they've got the Echo Dot. I think it's less than $50. So if you do want to have something like that in multiple rooms, you can do that relatively inexpensively. Well, we're going to have to see how that happens, how that's rated when the thing comes out. 
I mean, the early reviews of reporters who were there, they say they liked the way it sounded. But then you're not really listening under normal conditions. You're, you're not. in crowded you're, you're surroundings. Pardon? You've been you're at an Apple event. You've been selected like you got the golden ticket to go listen to something. Um, you're hearing things in an environment that's designed to made to make you think it's going to sound really good. The proof comes when you get at home and you hear how it sounds. Now, to be fair, there are an awful lot of inexpensive airplay speakers. And by inexpensive, I mean around the two hundred dollar range um, that you can buy today um, that are going to have good sound. But this good sound is relative. Um, it's good compared to a Bluetooth speaker, but it's still a mono speaker. It's still, it's just, it's, it's small. It's a small speaker. You don't get big sound from a small speaker, no matter what. Yeah, that's the thing too. You know, we still talk about for the best bass, you got to pump a lot of air and a four inch bass driver is not enough. It'll give you decent sound. And I suppose if you're comparing it to a normal home audio system, it might sound pretty good. Well, the thing is, and I was talking to someone who is in the hi-fi industry not long ago, fewer and fewer people are buying home audio uh, systems anymore. Um, What they are doing, however, is they're buying Bluetooth speakers. So they're used to really bad sounding audio. Now, this is obviously going to sound a lot better than Bluetooth because just by its nature, AirPlay sounds better than Bluetooth. But I don't see this, you know, this is $350. I've got a pair of extremely good bookshelf speakers on my desk that cost less than that. I've got an amplifier that costs um, less than $200. I mean, for $350, you can get an amplifier and some pretty good speakers. Now, obviously, it's not as compact. And you still need to get the sound in there. So you'd have to have like an Apple TV or an Airport Express if you want to use AirPlay. But it's it's extremely expensive for the sound quality. It's an Apple device. So, of course, it's going to be expensive. Now, speaking of expense comparisons, and we'll leave HomePod away for the time being, there have been estimates with regard to this new iMac Pro. So the iMac Pro is going to start at forty nine ninety nine. It'll have the Intel Xeon, and they're already speculating it's going to be a server-grade processor because of stuff in the developer beta of macOS High Sierra. Server-grade Xeon processor, ECC error-correcting RAM, high-end graphic card from AMD, Radeon. And Apple claimed that a normal third-party workstation with this hardware and I guess a 5K display, will cost over $7,000. Some people have made home-built PCs or spec them out based on current parts, but not all the stuff Apple gives you. And they've gotten it within the range of $5,000, give or take a couple of hundred. So as expensive as it seems, do you agree with me it's going to be very competitive? It's it's hard to know. Are, Are people who are using the Mac Pro going to buy the iMac Pro? Or is the iMac Pro a step up for people who are currently using the iMac because Apple did promise a Mac Pro for next year? Um, It certainly sounds like a powerful computer, but I'm not sure who the expected user is for this. It sounds to me like they're dividing up the Mac Pro market. So those who can get a configuration where they don't have to bother buying extra stuff and installing extra stuff inside, this is an integrated solution. For those who need to upgrade 
drives and extra drives and extra stuff, maybe extra cards and stuff, a modular solution will be it. But will that be basically a headless iMac Pro with expandability? Or will Apple well, make it even higher end? I, I can see I can see this selling for let's say photographers, right? Who would rather have a, a standalone computer than a separate computer and display, um, because you know it's going to be a good display. The the twenty seven inch iMac display is is really excellent. Um, but I can imagine other people in in I don't know developers, people doing video work. They might want a different display. They might want multiple displays and not the iMac display. I don't know. I'm not sure who it's for. I'm not sure who pro computers are for anymore um, to start with. It's it's the rare people who do really demanding work and and it's video in 3d and i guess augmented reality um virtual reality things like that but there there aren't that many uses anymore that need more than you know the top of the line standard imac well the thing to look at here too is it will also drive two external 5k displays right and those lg displays have a whole lot of problems um apparently they're not very good um Apple really needs to go back to building displays for their computers. Well, they said they're doing it next year. Did they say they're doing that next year? It's going to be a new, they said it'll be a Mac Pro. It will be a Mac Pro and also a new display. That was part of the promise. I don't remember anything about a display. Yes, they made a display as part of the promise. And I'm predicting what it's going to be. And I think Apple could do a 5K display this year, just make a prettier more reliable version of the LG, which I think was an interim solution. I think they're going to introduce something that's 8K or higher. And the reason is now, the movie industry is moving towards 8K. There are already 8K cameras. And people are going to want to be able to edit 8K video. Yeah, but then they're going to want to go to 16K or 12K or whatever. Um I can see the movie industry being interested in 8K, but you're not going to get a lot of, you're not going to get home content in 8K, not for a long time. We won't have the bandwidth to to do that. You have enough trouble with 4K content. Sure. You're you're not going to get too many movie theaters to to once again upgrade their projection equipment because this is very expensive. Well, they're shooting in 8K. I mean, Red has this camera or camera sets for $50,000. You want to spend $50,000 and do 8K video. If you're making a superhero blockbuster movie or one of the Star Wars movies, they're using 8K cameras for those. Yeah, so you may make them in 8K. They still yeah. will be seen by most people and in most theaters at a lower resolution, but you'll still have the 8K source. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, but now I you can make movies. I mean, now well, there's 4K. How many people, how many people out there can actually run 4K material? It's not that you have a 4K set, but you get Netflix or Amazon Instant Video or whatever. It's highly compressed. Not much of a difference between that and 1080p. And then you've got the new Ultra HD Blu-ray. And I think there's only a couple of manufacturers that make them. So 
right now, there are not many sources. Maybe the satellite networks are doing some 4K stuff. But think about it. Tens of millions of 4K sets are being sold because they're a lot cheaper. But there's very, very little stuff there. Yeah. But again, back to what Apple might do. They could have released a 5K display this year. Why wait unless something more is coming? We've got Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Did you know that your children are the most vulnerable to identity theft? It's no surprise with all the mobile phones, social media platforms, that your children will eventually be a victim to one of the most significant crimes of the 21st century, identity theft. Don't let that happen. Cover your whole family, your spouse, your children, and your parents right now by calling Liberty ID. LibertyID.com is where you go for a significant discount just by using GCN at checkout, or you can call 844-44-LIBERTY. That's 844-44-LIBERTY. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Kirk McElhern, Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're trying to figure out what is going on with Apple's Mac Pro and new display plans. Now, Dell has an 8K display coming. It's going to cost $5,000. It'll be a 32-inch. Does Apple do that? Well, they did have a 30-inch display for a while. Um, maybe they will. Who knows? Um, but So we're talking about a $5,000 iMac Pro. This is already you know, an extremely expensive computer. We have to assume that the Mac Pro plus display would be more expensive than the iMac Pro. So let's say... Well, you know what? Maybe not, because it'll be without a display. So no, I said they the may Mac offer Pro an entry-level entry 
of the new the Mac entry Pro level will be, may actually be thirty nine ninety nine. The entry level, right? But the the cost of the Mac Pro and display will be much more expensive than the iMac Pro. Of course, because they have to justify the difference between the Mac Pro and the iMac Pro. So yeah, I I can see Apple doing a standalone display at say four thousand to undercut Dell a little bit, but with a four thousand dollar computer, a Mac Pro. Um, making the whole thing 8,000 compared to the 5,000 iMac Pro. Well, we've been figuring out what a fully decked out iMac Pro. It's getting confusing, folks, isn't it? iMac Pro, Mac Pro. So iMac Pro is all in one. Mac Pro is modular. It's just the computer, not the display. Okay, iMac Pro. You could put everything in there, the 18-core processor, 128 gigabytes of ECC error-correcting memory, and you price it out, it's expensive. And you will find you're going to have something that's equivalent in price to a compact automobile. Yeah. I was pricing out a Hyundai Elantra in the U.S., and they're about $17,000 and up. Okay? I think we have an iMac Pro that can approach that. A Mac Pro may go to $20,000. I don't know. I don't know how much higher-end Apple can go with the processors. Now, they have 18 core, but there are also 22 core processors. But I wonder at a certain point what advantage you get. I don't know. And again, I don't know other than video editing. What else would there be? Right. Okay. So 22 cores, that's going to cost another thousand or two over the cost of a 18 core processor. So They'll have that. Will they have the ability to have 256 gigabytes of memory? You know, four two terabyte hard drives, eight terabytes, you know, add the price up, a few extra peripheral cards, 20,000. It's the cost of a well equipped Volkswagen Jetta. But I want to tell you something, though. I've been reading the reviews of the regular iMac, and they're pretty darn good. They are. They actually uh, yeah. got a fairly decent <clears throat> graphics card in there that's a lot faster than the predecessor. And I'm wondering here, maybe what our friend Rob Griffiths should do, and I wrote him to this effect, is you have a 4K, the iMac 5K from 2014. You have your Hackintosh. If you sold them both and bought a fully decked out 2017 iMac with the most powerful graphics card, decent amount of RAM, et cetera, et cetera. Would that give you comparable performance with your flight simulator? Supposedly, the frame rates are pretty much higher than last year and the year before. Rob's a good friend, so I don't want to criticize him, but I think he's just being overly obsessed with the video card thing. I mean, what did he pay $5,000 or something for the video card for his Hackintosh? It's $550. $550, sorry. And, And we're talking about you know, something to play a game, Flight Simulator, which when he first started playing, it was just a bunch of polygons that moved across the screen, you know, in the 1990s. And it's good that it's gotten better, and it's good that it looks more realistic. But there comes a time when, you know, I mean, I I would do what you just suggested. Do it on an iMac. Don't waste all the time. Um, I, I can't see that the difference in the video card is going to make that much when you get to that level. Now, you're going to tell me it's the textures and the shadows and all that, but okay. Well, if that's what's look important. here, if you can get 50 to 75% better performance with the new IMAX graphics card, which is what in the range of what Apple claims, 
compared to the one in 2014. You know, yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. What 50% faster, better performance? I'm looking at my iMac now. Um, I'm scrolling a web page in Safari. It scrolls just fine. Is this a 2014 or 15? 14. This is the first um, 5K uh, Retina display. But yeah. my point is, if if you're tricking out a computer just to play a single game, you know, that's that's a little bit. Uh, I know that that gamers go even further than that. They buy special chairs and things and and all that. But it, this isn't computing anymore. This really isn't. This is about playing games, and it's a for me, it's a totally different way of looking at a computer. A computer for me is still a tool. It could be an entertainment device to to play videos and things, but you know. I've never understood the obsession with video cards because I'm not a gamer. The, the the more expensive video card costs, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars more on the iMac. And, and how much, I don't know. To see, we're, we're talking about stuff I don't know, and I just think it's ridiculous to be spending that much on a video card alone when, you know, that's almost the cost of a, a laptop. I mean, it's the cost of a Windows laptop, but it's almost the cost of a Mac laptop. Well, I think also what we're looking at here is that there are gaming consoles. Why not just... That's another thing, yeah. The, the, the gaming console is designed for gaming, and it gets rid of all the rest of the cruft. And the video cards and gaming consoles, from what I understand, are far better than what you're going to put in a computer. Um, so it almost makes sense to play your games on a game console. I'm sure there's a f- version of Flight Simulator for Xbox or whatever, because it's a Microsoft product still flight simulator although no he plays a an open source flight simulator so he doesn't play the microsoft one so that's another thing he's picked specific software that he can't even play on a gaming console i guess that's another reason why it doesn't work so well on the imac um i'm not i don't know i don't know how it's actually written if it's one of these cross-platform things so maybe it's not as fast on a mac as it might be on a a pc i mean in that case you just just build a windows computer and play the game on that guy puts you two together in the same room and let you Oh, we do it every week on our podcast the committed we you know we disagree on a lot of things so who should be committed though oh we all should we've all been doing this too long Oh, I got to tell you, after this week, they might be committing me. You know, it's been kind of a crazy week that we're going through here. In any case, looking at the new stuff, though, if you're buying a new Mac today, you're going to buy a regular iMac. You're not going to buy the iMac Pro or Mac Pro. That's out of your league. Even if you had spare a few thousand dollars cash lying around, that's more than enough computer. Yeah. And and I'm, you know, looking at the new iMac, and, I, and I'm looking at mine, and I'm thinking, I'm just not going to upgrade for a while. And mine's going to be three years old in October, which means AppleCare will run out. And that does worry me a little about, you know, what something goes wrong a month after that, and I lose my computer for a while because it needs to be repaired at cost. You know, there's always that risk. And, and I would actually prefer to sell and buy something new, but I just don't see the point of spending the money right now. I mean, my video card is just fine, thank you. Um, when when I bought this um, iMac, I bought a uh, um, I upgraded it to the fastest processor and best video card at the time. So I've got four gigabytes of video memory, which I never use, um, and I've got a four gigahertz processor. Now I know today's processors are faster. It's the same thing I was saying earlier about what, what I put in the Hackintosh. Mine is a four gigahertz Intel Core i7. 
Um, and the iMacs today are all core i5s, and they're slower than 4 gigahertz, but they're faster because they're newer, and I don't even understand that. They do have an um, i7 optionally, 4.2 yeah, gigahertz. Yeah, I'm talking about the basic configurations. Um, but it, it's I just don't need it. I don't do anything where it makes a difference. Well, that's it right there. What else can you say? A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Rob Pegarero. He writes for USA Today and also for Yahoo Tech and Wirecutter and stuff like that. He's got a whole agenda of stuff he wants to talk about. We'll get to it. Meantime, we got Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place, and the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars. 
and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. My husband says, you are what you eat. Not true, dear. I did my research. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So I didn't feel the vitamins and supplements I was taking were effective. I didn't feel any different. Then I switched to Protovite, a liquid multivitamin, mineral, and phytonutrient complex. And wow, you've got to see the video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Now looking at the notebooks now. So Apple upgraded the MacBook Pro and the MacBook. Again, decent performance increases. Pretty decent. So are you ready yet? No. When we talked about this last time, I, I don't need... Um, my, my laptop is my second computer, so I really don't need it. I can't be excited about this because this is stuff I don't need. It's not like I want to buy it just because of gear lust. Um, it's that these things are very expensive. And if I need it for my work, then I buy one. But since I don't need it, and since the the, the computers that Apple's making are lasting longer and longer, um, w- since we don't need the processing power we have, this computer I bought almost three years ago is going to be fast enough for several years. Now, let's look at this, though. The new processor from Intel is actually producing a pretty decent performance boost. Normally, it used to be like a few percent. Now it's 10%, 20% higher for the new silicon. So is Intel feeling the pressure? Suddenly they can get more performance, so much more performance out of their stuff? I have no idea. See, you're talking about stuff that I don't even pay attention to anymore. Uh, I use a computer as a tool uh, again, go back five, ten years when you did need something fast enough, even to run Microsoft Office, your your Mac might have been too slow, and that's just not the case anymore. And and I think everyone's too obsessed about performance. Well, the people who are obsessed about performance are the people who are selling the computers, um, are the people who are reviewing them, so the the Mac publications, and a handful of people who want to own fast computers more because they want to own fast computers, if that makes sense. In most cases, the people who talk about fast computers don't need fast computers. They just want to be able to show off and say that they've got fast computers. And I know a lot of people listening are going to be like, oh, you know, grumpy and stuff. But we just don't need these anymore. We don't. We don't need improvement. I'm thinking about this in a different way. The, the biggest improvement we had was going from non-retina to retina display. That was a huge improvement because the, the difference in what you see is huge. But in, the, in five years, the, the amount of um, improvement in processors has not affected average users and how they use a computer. Another big improvement is the older hard drives versus solid-state drives. And I'll give you an example. Yes, I have a 2010 
I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro. I don't have Retina display, obviously. Apple never produced Retina in that larger form factor. I'm giving up that. However, it's fast enough. It boots fast because it has an SSD in there. Yep. It's got enough memory. It's 8 gigabytes. It's enough. It's got 512 gigabyte solid-state drive. It boots quickly. It runs pretty quickly because so much stuff that you do on your computer is based on the drive. And as I said, other than the lack of a retina display, it's good enough for me. I don't need to look at the new stuff. Even if I had a money breaking a hole in my pocket. If you had money burning a hole in your pocket, you would buy a new iMac. I'm sure you would. Um, and, and I'm sure if I had enough money that it wouldn't affect me to spend um, more than 2,000 pounds on a new iMac, I'd probably buy one. But I'm at the point where I can't justify that expense either for my personal desires or for my business needs um, because it won't make a difference. It simply will not make my work any different. You know, I remember going back in the 90s when it would take more than a minute to launch Microsoft Word. We're so far past that. Um, if an app doesn't launch in two seconds today, it's an exception. Right. But the apps with lots of stuff going on, like Photoshop and Quark Express and Adobe InDesign, they certainly take more than two seconds. They do. Um, I'm going to launch Affinity Photo, which I bought on my Mac recently. One one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, four one thousand, five one thousand, six one thousand. Just about six seconds before it displays its empty screen. That's the only app I have that displays that slowly. Um, All right. Now I have could, last year's Quark Express here. I didn't get the 2017 version yet, and one assumes they'll probably get it to me soon. So in the meantime, I'm going to launch it right now and tell you how long it takes. Okay. I'm just going to run the clock i'm not going to do the one one thousand two one thousand but you should that's that's the proper way to do it and no i'm too tired for that too tired and too old except it's not even brought up a splash screen yet and it's 10 seconds okay so i'm still waiting for it and nothing is happening and i'm getting some kind of spinning thing it'll take 20 seconds or 25 seconds uh there it is and it is done in 25 seconds okay now, understand, you know, Quark Express has lots of extras and extensions and components, and that's why it always takes long. Photoshop, InDesign, they all do that. Word? Hmm. Okay. Word. One, one, I'm going to launch Excel two, because thousand, I've used Word recently, three, and, you know, Mac OS caches things. I'm just counting it. Five, one. It took me about four seconds for Word. So I'm going to launch Excel. All right. One one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, four one thousand, five one thousand. Five seconds before I get a blank spreadsheet. Um, if I launch Word, one one thousand, and I've got a blank document. It's because uh, Mac OS caches applications. So I was using Word for a, a, a client yesterday. Um, so since I haven't restarted, it's cached all that, and it opens a lot quicker. So if you were to, uh, if you were to um, quit your Quark Express and reopen it, you'll see it opens a lot quicker now. Yeah, we know that. So my experience with Word is the same as yours. It takes about four seconds to open fresh, which it probably does for you. But if you open it after having launched it before without restarting, it'll take about a second. Yeah. So I don't know why we're that- doing this because it's absurd. The point is, as Kirk says, most Macs are fast enough in the last five years. 
if you reach the point where you're hitting the wall, I understand. In terms of compatibility with High Sierra, it covers computers from 2010 and a few models from 2009. Some of the features like Metal Graphics will only work on more recent products from 2012 beyond. This new H.265 codec. That's more recent, I think, even. Right. Now, that, if you want hardware acceleration through the graphics card, it requires last year's or this year's hardware. Oh, so mine's too slow? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, see, I'm out of date. Yeah, that's it. You know, right now, go call the loan company. There's a loan shark down the street there, and his name is, no, I don't want to do that because it's politically correct time. But there's a guy who will give you a loan, 29% interest. That's what most credit yeah, cards Yeah, I get are. even less here. Well, credit um, cards are, in the U.S., you see, they've got this where they opened it up so that you can buy credit cards across state lines like they want to do with health insurance. So the credit card companies located in the state that has the fewest regulations, so the interest rates are much higher. Kirk McElhern, we want to find out more of what you do. Where do we go? You can visit my website, Kirkville. It's at www.kirkville.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I write about iTunes and many other things. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. If you had purchased $100 of Bitcoin in 2010, today you'd have $2,600,000. While that sinks in, you now have a huge cryptocurrency opportunity trading at a guaranteed $0.07 per coin. ProCoin, a coin publicly traded in the open market, easily converted to cash, available in 60 countries, and ProCoin is the only cryptocurrency offering coin-back rewards for consumers and merchants. Take action by June 30th at ProCoinCurrency.net. That's ProCoinCurrency.net. Deadline for $0.07 guarantee is June 30th. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Ron Paul, former congressman and Republican presidential candidate. 
I love these summer months because this is when I get to enjoy the fresh fruits and vegetables that are being harvested on small farms and in our backyards. We all look forward to garden tomatoes and corn on the cob. Don't you wish there was a better way to preserve their true tastes and flavors? I'm here to tell you that there is a better way. It's by using the amazing home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. I have a Harvest Right freeze dryer and use it to preserve the foods I love. Strawberries, apples, and even lasagna and ice cream can stay fresh for 25 years. And the best part of my freeze drying is my family and I have a supply of long-lasting food on hand. So no matter what may come, we feel better prepared. We love our freeze dryer. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-923-9591. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-923-9591. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Rob Pecorero. He writes for USA Today. Yahoo Tech, Wirecutter, and anyone who signs a check. I'm kidding. Or am I Almost. 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 Okay. Now, our listeners know that I've had all sorts of uh, service <laughs> this week with the car being totaled and a few injuries and all sorts of hassles with insurance companies. There got to be a better way, you know, some kind of way online that we could make it work so that People don't have to go through this mess when mishaps occur. But speaking of mishaps, you wrote me here that your Nexus 5X phone is dying. Or as Dr. McCoy says, it's dead, Rob. Yes, the, my my phone, which had been you know doing a great job a few months ago, it had started exhibiting the occasional lockup, which I thought was mainly just... It being an old phone and, uh, you know, being a little embarrassed by all the newer phones around it. But no, as I was walking back from uh, my metro stop two Fridays ago, um, my way back from my short trip to China, of all places, the phone rebooted and then didn't actually do the part of rebooting where it actually gets you to the screen and you can use it. It got stuck on the, the Google logo, the very first thing you see when you turn it on. And when I tried rebooting it again, it fared no better. This is what is known as a boot loop, and it's a known problem with the Nexus 5X and apparently the 6P. 
as I found out over the next 48 hours or so of intensive uh, Googling to see what the heck was wrong with my phone. All right. So you feel looped out. When it happens, is that the end of the phone or just something that can be fixed? At first, I was hoping that it was something I could fix. But yeah, the consensus from people who've seen this, there's a very long thread on Reddit where you'll see my uh, input. Essentially, this seems to be a hardware problem. There was something amiss with the way the the various bits of circuitry were connected. The the only troubleshooting I was able to do, and this is going to sound like complete voodoo, but I swear this actually worked, was to put the phone in the fridge. <laughs> that would let me start it, get it to the initial unlock screen, and run backups in a couple of apps that hadn't backed themselves up automatically. I don't exactly know why that worked, but that was the one thing that would let me keep the phone going long enough to ensure that the important data on the phone was all backed up, so I am just going to have a, a lot of time to reinstall everything on the uh, new Pixel phone I should have arriving later today. Why buy another phone that Google handles after this with a Nexus? You know, this was not a software problem. This was a hardware problem. Uh, LG made the Nexus 5X. They do not make the Pixel. I've heard good things about it. I thought about getting an iPhone, and on the one hand, the, the no-headphone jack thing really bothers me. You know, that was a, a dumb move by Apple. They didn't need to do that. Most other companies have not followed them in that. You know, I use enough of the same apps, but on the other hand, having my default navigation app become Apple Maps, not Google Maps, and therefore I don't get, like, bicycling directions, that's not an upgrade. And things like having the NFC chip on the phone suddenly be limited to only using Apple Pay instead of having... You can use it to transfer data, beam data from one phone to another. Basically the same reasons why I've never used an iPhone. And I also ruled out buying another Android phone. Samsung tarts up the interface too much. I can't stand the way they flip. There are these three standard buttons on the bottom of every Android phone. Back, home, recent apps. Um, Samsung, in its infinite wisdom, flips them around. So the back button is on the right, recent apps is on the left. Why? <laughs> Uh, Do they the drive on the opposite side of the road in South Korea? Is that it? I don't I, know. I don't believe so. They, they do in Japan, but no. And, you know, the OnePlus 5 just shipped. It's a good value price phone, but their record of providing timely updates is not that great. And the reason why I've bought Nexus phone so far is to ensure that, in fact, I'm not going to be waiting for a security update or a uh, new version of Android. Now, let me just bring a few things up here. With regard to the... Samsung phones, the new Samsung Galaxy S8s, and Consumer Reports gives it a top rating, an 82, at several notches above the iPhones. At the same time, the phone shipped with a non-functioning digital assistant, Bixby, which I think is now activated. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Okay, so why don't you downgrade that? I don't know. Then the biometrics are faulty. So It sticks the fingerprint sensor in the back in a way that you can touch the camera lens by mistake and smudge it. Then you've got even another problem, which is it supposedly has facial recognition, which can be defeated with a photograph. Yes. You have iris recognition that can be defeated with a photograph and a contact lens. And those two things Consumer Reports never even mentions in their review. And I'm not going to talk about the red tint to the screen that was fixed with a carrier update or something. I'm talking about stuff here that I think is serious, that you've got three biometric sensors of some kind. One is awkward to reach, and two can be hacked. 
and you don't downgrade it for that reason? I'm just wondering. CR, they're, I mean, I, I should note, I write for Consumer Reports. Uh, they're one of my favorite clients. They pay pretty well. They're set up, they're, they're not really geared towards iterative reviews. That's one thing the Wirecutter does differently when Brian Lamb founded the site. He set out from the start to make it different from CR in the sense that the review would always be updated. And as, as I say this, uh, this reminds me I need to talk to my editors at the Wirecutter because we have to update the uh, wireless service guide to note some changes in price plans. Uh, Sprint's changed its Virgin Mobile brand to an iPhone-only proposition because Sprint just can't stop changing price plans. It's something, you know, like certain people tweeting a lot. Yes. No politics. Shh, no politics. I know, I can't keep up with any of this. So you write for CR? Yes. What do you do for them? Basically, I don't do any of the reviews. I write occasional reports from events, like I did a, a recap of Google I.O. for them. Uh, I did a similar recap of Mobile World Congress. Uh, I wrote something from South by Southwest about a, an initiative that Sierra is actually participating in to try to provide some guidance and testing of the security of the Internet of Things. You know, connected devices like smart home thermostats, that sort of thing. So you're not involved in how they test these smartphones at all? I have never been inside their test labs. I hear they're pretty neat. Except that they ignore things that they shouldn't ignore. But that's, you know, an observation and nothing you could do about it. Let us continue here. With the Nexus phone, does it, how does it stack up in reliability compared to these other ones? So the 5X in retrospect, it, poorly. I mean, it's a huge problem where your phone can essentially self-brick. Uh, fortunately, in my experience and from what I've seen from reports from other users, Google is doing that, is doing the right thing to take care of customers. What I did, uh, there's there's an option on the uh, Google store page, you know, ask, you can open a web chat or ask somebody to call you. Did that representative call me? He said, did you try this troubleshooting thing? I said, yes. Try the other thing. He said, okay, let me check a couple of things, call back and says, okay, we'll ship your refurbished unit for free, which I should know at this point, the, the phone was nine months out of warranty. Uh, they then sort of dropped the ball because the refurbished phone did not ship two days later. It was supposed to, uh, I got back from the trip to China, called them again. Uh, different reps said, yeah, that's not right. Let's see what's going on. He connected me to somebody from the I guess the refurb shipping department, she did some looking around, determined that they had run out of refurb units, which not a huge surprise. They stopped selling this phone last October, I guess. So she said, we have you a choice. You can either wait for a new one to come around, which might be three to four weeks, or we'll completely refund the price. So I opted for that. So essentially what I'm at the end of the day, I will have a, a new pixel for, you could say I'm getting the new pixel for 200 bucks and change, or uh, I'm, getting hopefully four years of phone use for uh, $650. So that's not bad. And I will have a phone that by all accounts has a great camera, a good battery life, a headphone jack. <laughs> Sorry, I'm never going to let that go. Uh, you know, I like Android overall. Well, you know, the headphone jack never bothered me, lack of, because I don't use it while the thing is being charged. In any case, differences of opinion. Rob Pegarero is joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Is that Ellen painting her garage? Yesterday she was trimming her hedges. What's her secret? I heard she was eating this new super berry called the Aronia Berry. Aronia what? Aronia Berries from superberries.com. They're known for having one of the highest levels of antioxidants that helps with overall wellness. Where can we get them? Go to superberries.com slash radio. And right now we get a free smoothie recipe book with our order. Plus we can save $4 at checkout. (laughs) I can't wait. I've got lots of projects I need to get done. Yes, you do. Choose health. Eat purple. Superberries.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we have Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we're going to move from the phone conundrum to CES Asia. Yes. So how does CES Asia differ from CES Las Vegas? Is it the same agency? Yes, the Consumer Technology Association, the Arlington, Virginia group that has been staging CES uh, 50 years now. CES Asia is much newer. This is only its third year. It's much smaller, um, although it's still filled about the, the Shanghai New International Expo Center is this sprawling array of convention center halls. CES Asia filled up, I think, five of those. The biggest difference is just who's there and who's not. Uh, you know, it was mainly Chinese companies. There were some Western companies, but the big takeaway, this was uh, an eye-opening look at how the electronics industry is developing a market where, A, so many of these gadgets are made in the first place. B, a lot of the usual actors are not present. Take uh, smart homes. You know, in China, Google is not a factor. They're not going to start selling the Google Home anytime soon because they can't even run Google services. You know, if I didn't have my uh, phone on my laptop on VPN, I might have not been able to use my Google Mail account or Google Docs or any of those other things. Uh, Apple, they're there. They sell a lot of iPhones, but Apple's role in the Chinese phone system is weird because the primary interface most people use on their phones is a messaging app called WeChat. But WeChat is a lot more than a messaging app. If you wonder why Facebook keeps adding new functions to Facebook Messenger, you know, send stickers, send money, send your location. They're trying to make it into WeChat because with WeChat, you can get your news feed. You can share your contact info. You can pay for stuff. You can summon a cab. You can do all these things. It's essentially a layer of phone middleware. And because it works the same on iOS or Android, an iPhone is more a piece of hardware on which you run WeChat and less, you know, the traditional Apple synergy of hardware and software. And Amazon, of course, the Amazon Alexa, the Amazon Echo, they're huge in the U.S. They're not really a factor in China as well. So instead, you have companies like China Mobile, this retailer, retailer Suning, developing their own smart home platforms. And, you know, they may not work as well as what we have here, but who knows? Maybe they'll start exporting these our way. I don't, know, I don't know if I'd want to buy China Mobile's smart home platform. But anyways, overall takeaway, uh, you know, 1.5 billion Chinese uh, want their gadgets, and they will not be denied. Any of the stuff you see there that's sold in China that will eventually come here? So a couple. There was one smart home system called uh, Umi, where uh, the, the way they've sort of tried to ease the pain of adding new modules, everything has a little NFC tag on it, so you, you touch your... Your, your smart outlet or your smart light bulb to the master control unit that gets it on your network. Uh, they're going to sell that system in the U.S. They, they somehow got a spot in the Oscars gift basket. Uh, you know, whoever did their marketing really earned their pay. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I talked to their CEO, really bright guys, seem to have a good system. You know, anything to make this stuff easier to use would be nice because it's a pain. Um, otherwise, yeah, just lots of goofy stuff. You know, connected beds, dancing robots, the whole nine yards. Well, there we go. 
Well, I don't know. It sounds like it was fun, but how it was. a trip is it? So that's the thing. It was it was a very short trip given how long it takes to get to Shanghai. I flew, from, let's see, Monday. flew from uh, National Airport to SFO, SFO to Shanghai. I had, so that was about 20 hours. I had 76 hours on the ground. Friday, which was Friday, Shanghai. Remember, it's 12 hours opposite the East Coast. Shanghai to Chicago, Chicago to National, home Friday night. Thank the travel gods. My upgrade's cleared all the whole way. If United Airlines wants to sponsor the segment, they can. Uh, but even so, that's a lot of time to spend in pressurized metal tubes and when you don't have that much time in between. Yeah, I always worry about those pressurized metal tubes. I haven't done much flying lately. There are lots of reasons, but we don't want to get into them. Let's look. I, I did try to make a point of walking around, stretching my legs, not just... You know, when when you're on a flight for <laughs> the shorter flight to China was 12 and a half hours, and I think it was 14 to go back to Chicago. You really do want to, you know, stretch out, walk a bit around the plane. Well, better you than me. Now, of course, if we could beam over, you know, I might consider it. Let's consider. I any, I'm not going to get any frequent flyer miles that way, you know. <laughs> well, you know, they might do special if you're willing to have your. Atoms and molecules scrambled. You first. What's that you say, Kimasabi? <laughs> okay. Now, last time we talked, you were using an old iMac. Is that correct? Talking to talking to you through this this very ancient iMac as we speak. Yeah, it's wheezing, and you know we've talked before about uh, I guess other world computing sells these SSD upgrades, and I was getting very close to pulling the trigger on that purchase just because you know i'd rather spend 300 bucks to upgrade the hardware i have now than spend 1200 dollars and up on an imac design that is two years old i don't have to do that anymore so this was a 27 inch imac right uh the 20 or 21 inch so yeah what i'm looking at of, of the new imacs that apple introduced uh at wwdc the uh, I guess the 21 inch 4K model that has got a lot of appeal to me. I mean, the screen obviously looks gorgeous. The price is not insane, although you know I'd want to upgrade the storage to a Fusion Drive. Um, you know, the processor as it is seems fine. I've got to think about the memory on it. Uh, but I think clearly, as someone who <laughs> works on a computer for a living, maybe I should buy a new one. You know, every 10 years. I don't think that's too crazy. You think? Yeah. And the question is, you know, I just want to decide how to spec out the configuration. Part of me wishes it Apple would sell it with a wired keyboard because that way it would not have to constantly reach behind the machine to get at any of the USB ports. Of course, I guess I could keep my old wired keyboard from this because I'm pretty sure there there's no resale value attached to a 2009 iMac. I may see if the local Mac user group around here, Washington Apple Pie, they do a uh, Mac recycle clinic where they'll take old iMacs. Uh, so this one, they might be able to recondition it and get back into shape. I don't know. Last year, two years ago, I donated my mom's old iMac, which was a 2006 model. And they said we couldn't get anything out of it. So they basically took it apart for parts and you know recycled what was left over. Okay. Do what you got to do. As I've mentioned yep. earlier with my current hardware situation, I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro. I add an SSD maybe a couple of years ago and some more memory. 
It's pretty darn fast for what it is. It just doesn't have a retina display. Yeah. Yeah, in the case of this old iMac, I think having the hard drive hold us back a bit. Uh, the processor speed, like I remember at one point trying to play a uh, some really high rate. No, it was like editing some raw files that a friend had taken with his camera. And that was just forget it. <laughs> Photos might as well have thrown up a dialogue box saying, what are you doing? Just stop. <laughs> Use a real computer, please. Well, that's it. You know, time comes to get something new. So I was reading all these benchmarks of the new Apple hardware, the iMac yeah. the MacBook and the MacBook Pro. And they're a lot faster than you normally get with an annual upgrade, although some of these upgrades were more <laughs> were less than annual or longer than annual. Yes. So have you had a chance to look that over? Uh, just once in the Apple store near me the other day. Uh, you know, it's the the external contours of the machine look the same as ever. You know, so it was... It was nice to confirm that, you know, yes, there there is still a micro SD card. Of course, it's on the back side of it, which is not a great usability look. Uh, that said, you know, various parts of this 2000 iMac don't work. I think the optical drive was the first to go bad. So I have a little Samsung Blu-ray writer plugged into the side of it. And at some point, the micro, the SD card slot uh, stopped working as well. So I used the one in my wireless printer scanner, which then requires the wireless printer scanner to actually stay in the network, which, as we all know, is kind of a 50-50 shot some days. Well, all right. We have to look at that. We have more to talk about, about the new Macs after this long drought and other goodies. From Rog Pegarera, we want to remind you to also check into Tech Night Out Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com is a really, really great way for you to enjoy this show free of commercials. Better quality audio for a modest subscription fee, the best way to support us. Plus.technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com.
Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go? Get it now or enter to win a complete Shelter Pod system at ShelterPod.com. The Shelter Pod at ShelterPod.com. Shelter when you need it most. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Rob Pegarero, after this drought of new Macs and Apple throws everything at us at a Worldwide Developers Conference... Which, I guess you agree with me, that has to be kind of surprising for Apple. Yeah, usually WWDC hasn't had such a hard work component. I should know, they didn't throw everything. If you're hoping for a new Mac Mini, you remain thwarted because Apple's doing whatever Apple's doing with that model. But they had to, you know. And, and it is the weirdest part to me, I guess, was the pre-announcement of the iMac Pro, which won't ship until December, which I guess that'll ensure no one buys a high-end Mac unless they're absolutely desperate. Uh, I, I was never in the market for that. I do not need a desktop that powerful. Uh, you know, I'm not rendering stuff in VR or editing 4K video. You know, the, I think the, the new iMacs are an important thing because, as I've said before on your show, Apple cannot <laughs> act as if the, the desktop is some afterthought. I mean, not just that, laptops as well. You know, I've got a 2012 MacBook Air to my right, and Apple doesn't have a great story to sell there. A laptop with one port on it, one USB-C port, I am never going to bring something like that to CES. I have to be able to charge my laptop and charge my phone off that. So that is not the computer for me. Maybe the computer for some of your listeners. The Touch Bar MacBook, you know, nice, beautiful, also too expensive. I certainly can't spend 1800 bucks on a laptop when I'm first going to spend 1500 bucks on a desktop or 1400 whatever it is for the 21-inch 4K iMac with, you know, the the few minor upgrades it needs. And the one thing I, I do want to try out at some point is, and I still have to because I maintain the wire cutter's guide to pro tablets, the new 10.5-inch iPad Pro, which I, I would certainly like to see somebody Apple explain the logic why we went from 9.7 inches to 10.5, and then you have the big iPad Pro. But the iPad Mini, the the yet another device on my desk, iPad Mini 4, uh, it's starting to look like that's the last of its line, which is too bad because I like having a small tablet. Like, that's easy for me to carry that around the house. I, I don't need the bigger screen. Uh, it's a good travel device. I mean, if I can ever get around to taking a vacation, this is what I want to take, not not the laptop. Well, this is interesting, too, with that. Is it possible here that people who might have purchased an iPad mini decide, I'll buy one device, it'll be an iPhone 7 Plus or something? I don't know. I've 
I've seen people make that case, like uh, Benedict Evans, this investor with A16Z. He gave this talk at Web Summit a couple of years ago explaining how the phone is going to become our one device. Well, no, it's not. Like, I've actually tried using my phone to finish a column, and it was excruciating. And it doesn't matter how big you make the screen, for at a certain point for sustained typing, you need an actual keyboard. You know, you may not need a mouse, but you need something beyond just using your fingers to copy and paste text. You know, pro tablets can get you a lot of the way there. Uh, you know, there is a question of where's the dividing line, how much computer do people need? In the case of my mom, she switched from that I'm actually retired. She now uses, you know, a regular size. I guess she has an iPad Air too, and that's great. Like there, there's much less to configure to set up that the number of times I've had to do tech support because something's gotten screwed up or whatever way down from before. And yeah, it, it does everything she needs it to. It's a great device and certainly a whole lot cheaper than what a new desktop or a laptop would have cost. I'm just looking here at this 10 and a half inch iPad Pro and I'm looking at the benchmarks and this has got to be confusing because it's capable of performance that's faster, faster than the MacBook and in the range of the MacBook Pro. Do we really need that hardware and that speed? Yeah. Now, talk to the graphics pros, I guess. I, you know, I, I interviewed a few people about why they use the, the iPad Pro for this wire cutter guide. And it was interesting. You know, people talked about like why, what they find the Apple Pencil to be useful for, you know, how it fits into their workflow. And there is a market for that. You know, is it what you want to use as your entire device? I don't know. And, and I should note the whole discussion of, you know, can you use your, your phone? Will your phone be your only device? Part of that may be predicated on what kind of crazy stuff the Department of Homeland Security does about taking laptops on airplanes. Since there was that, there, there already is a ban on in-cabin electronics bigger than a phone on flights from 10 airports in the Middle East. Conveniently enough, none served by U.S. airlines. And they were talking about extending that to all of Europe, which would really, really screw up my travel big time. Fortunately, I guess the EU said, hey, whoa, no, you're not going to make all of our airlines put customers' laptops in the cargo hold where if a lithium-ion battery catches fire, we can't do anything about it. And so they seem to have backed out off on what, speaking not just as a tech user, but I, I know a thing or two about a commercial aviation, seems a completely insane plan. And hopefully that idea does not get revived because if, you know, it's a long flight going from uh, just the UK or, or France back to the States, you would like to be able to do something useful with it instead of, instead of staring at your phone screen. So, yeah, let, let's hope that does not, no new policies come to force what devices we can use as our, as our everyday gadgets for productivity. You know, looking at the iPad Pro, I think about the forthcoming Apple operating system, iOS 11, where they're giving you more multitasking, Yes. They're giving you access to the file system. Finally. In a way that looks almost like a finder to me in the interface, doesn't it, to you? They, they called the app Files. They should have called it the Finder. There's just no respect for tradition in Cupertino these days. No respect. No respect at all. But the thing that's interesting here is in order to get an iPad to a point where it becomes more of, of a productive device, they have to borrow a few ideas from the Mac. Hmm. Which is the reverse of how ideas have been migrating. The last few versions of the Mac OS have borrowed so heavily from iOS. And sometimes it's been good. You know, the launchpad is a much better way to access the programs you have on your Mac than 
the old applications folder that's still there. Sometimes it's not so good. You know, the idea that once you put a photo into photos, it vanishes from the finder. And so if you want to do something like, you know, upload a photo into a Facebook comment, you, you have to best case you drag and drop it from out of photos onto the desktop. Then you switch over to Facebook, you navigate to that photo, you upload it. Um, or you can, you know, do this export process, which is really annoyingly convoluted, but it's the only way to get the photo in its original resolution because although it's not obvious, dragging and dropping it from out of photos to the desktop throws away some of the data. It gets suddenly compressed and this is not documented by Apple at all. So, I, I would just as soon see iOS start borrowing some features from macOS because I think that the desktop operating system has gotten mobilized enough as it is. So let things move the other direction. Yeah. But still, some of the things that bother me about an iPad as a productive device is the awkward situation when it comes to typing. I've tried a few keyboards with iPads. I don't like them. I think, though, the ideal keyboard, and they do have those, I haven't tried them, includes a touchpad. So you can use it like a real notebook, not like you're typing, you stick your finger up on the screen to do navigation. That's, of course, goes against Apple's mantra that to have a computer with a touchscreen, you know, like a notebook computer, would be like trying to mix a refrigerator with a toaster oven, but an iPad with a smart <laughs> keyboard is just that. Yeah, so that that's funny. I have yet I, there's a lot of crap on my desk. Let's leave it at that. I have a, a Galaxy Tab S3 from Samsung, a pro Android tablet, where the uh, keyboard yeah, fold this thing. Actually, no, that one doesn't have a touchpad, but the Surface Pro from Microsoft, for instance. Uh, does have a touchpad. In iOS, I mean, I could see why third-party keyboards don't do that because iOS doesn't accept Bluetooth uh, mice or, or tablets at all. It's not built in. You can, you can certainly use a third-party Bluetooth keyboard, but there's just no support for any kind of input device aside from your finger or an Apple Pencil. Or I guess there, there's some styli that aren't like active. Is that correct? I guess there's some styli for the iPad that will work with particular apps. But if you want system, system-wide support, it's the Apple Pencil or nothing. Have I got that right? We've got more to come, and we'll explain it to you. Rob Pegarero, right. Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go get it now or enter to win a complete shelter pod system at shelterpod.com the shelter pod at shelterpod.com shelter when you need it most we'd like to hear from you if you have a comment or question about the tech night owl live please send it to news at technightowl.com that's news at technightowl.com if you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. I've got to look at that. I'm looking at iPad keyboards that have trackpads, so there's got to be support for them. Hmm. That is interesting. There's got to be some kind of support for them because they definitely yeah, I mean, have I those. I can personally attest I was initially kind of anti-stylus in part because, you know, a $99 stylus that recharges via lightning is kind of doesn't immediately sell itself. But having used that and having used the 
the, the stylus that comes with this Galaxy Tab S3, it is handy for selecting text. If you're doing kind of editing or annotation, it is much better than using your fingertips, and it's certainly finding control that even a touchpad would offer. So I don't know. I, you know, maybe I, I will become a, a wholehearted convert to the Apple Pencil whenever this iPad Mini dies, and I'm left with no other option than to buy a Pro iPad. Who knows where Apple's going to take that product lineup? You know, I was thinking here of a crazy design. All right, I'm crazy, so I can design this. Okay, have a smart keyboard from Apple, and you slide out from the front of the keyboard to get the trackpad. No? Hmm. The, the mechanical nature of it, you'd have to make sure that worked reliably. I'm trying to think. And Apple hasn't really... Yeah, I mean, they, they, they don't even want to do uh, hybrid two-in-one laptops where the screen rotates all the way around so you can use it as a, in a tablet mode. That's, that's one huge advantage for Windows right there. Yeah, well, that's it. And, well, if you like that, you know, and that's the question here. I don't like it. I think it's one of the reasons why... I don't like using an iPad for regular typing. Not that the keyboard is necessarily bad, which it is. I don't like any of those keyboards. Mm. Yeah, when I tried the iPad Pro, the I guess they had the the full twelve whatever inch size. You know, the the keyboard that that Apple sells was nice, but yeah, once you've added on all those hardware, you're also getting very very close to the price of a new MacBook. I think that's the issue here, what Apple wants to do with it. Because, you know, they've got the contradiction of having to do input on the screen with their smart keyboard. The smart keyboard's touch is terrible. I Mm. used the one for the 12.9-inch iPad and the original 9.7-inch iPad Pro. And I thought, I'm typing on fabric. (laughs) Hmm. You want to type fast on fabric? (laughs) And with the 12.9-inch version, the iPad Pro 12.9-inch version, every time I try to type on their smart keyboard, I keep missing the space bar. I just wouldn't hit it right. And that might be me. It might be my fault. It's not Apple's fault. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's now been long enough since I was typing away on the keyboard. I'd have to look up my nose to see if there were other things that have bugged me. Yeah, but you see, that's only part of it there. I think that's doable. That can be fixed with iPads because we're talking about productive iPads. But doing a show like this can't be done on an iPad because there's no app that will replace Audio Hijack. You familiar with Audio Hijack? Right, yes. Audio Hijack allows you to capture audio from multiple sources and mix it together. So what we do here is I'm talking to Rob on Skype and then... I have an outboard mixer that has an outboard microphone. And then I am combining those and generating a single audio file. And the input streams are separate. So there's one for the application Skype, one for the input device being the mixer. That makes sense to you folks? Yeah, so you could not, this, this podcast could not exist if it were only done on iOS. That's right. Well, it would exist but we couldn't edit it on the iPad. I could still do it on a Mac and bring the file over. But now the problem is that Apple doesn't allow that kind of inter-app communication with their sandboxing. You can't have a way to grab audio in one app from two other sources. If you could, 
I think an iPad would be a very good recording device. You know? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to throw this out so people can then hold me to this prediction or, or hold Apple to it. The one feature I want to see in the next version of iOS, and this is a pain point I was dealing with with a friend just yesterday, that stupid cellular data consumption page in the settings app, it has to reset itself every month. No one cares how much data you've used over the last three years. What you know, want to know is, what did you use up over the last month? I'm pretty sure a friend of mine and her husband have been spending, I'm thinking at least 40, 40 bucks a month more than they should to stay on this, uh, I guess, old AT&T Unlimited plan, or I don't know what plan they're on. But anyways, there's no way they should be spending as much as they are. But I cannot actually tell her what she should, how much data she should be signing up for because iOS gives her no insight in that. Android has had this right for at least the last three or four versions where it just gives you a month-by-month breakdown. And you can even set the start and end of each data usage month to exactly fit your bill. Um, So... Little feature, I really thought Apple would have shifted in the last update to iOS, but they didn't. So let's sort of put this out there as a uh, something we would like to see Apple do. Let's look quickly at the professional Mac thing, which is interesting. A $5,000 yeah. iMac. And when I think of that, the mind has to boggle because during the late 90s, for a while, I was a member of Apple's customer quality feedback program. Remember that? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I never was. I hope you gave them some good advice. Okay. 1998, I got the first iMac here. And then my contact at Apple said, you know, you could keep it, but first you have to install this firmware upgrade. I can't tell you it's going to work. If it doesn't work, it'll brick the computer and you <laughs> well, got to send it back. I mean, he knew that. I mean, tell me that wasn't, you know, done deliberately. You got to run this thing first. And I did, and it bricked it. So I said, okay, you have it back. Not that it was the perfect computer for me. It was basically the PowerBook innards driving a small CRT, 13-inch CRT. Not very powerful. Kind of awkward to upgrade the RAM because you had to pull that whole assembly out of the rear. I mean, I did a lot of them. The key here is it became an iconic computer. And then they had different upgrades that tended to make it more powerful. Like you had the iMac with a G4 processor. And that one had the articulated arm. Remember that? Yes, the the 2002 iMac. I bought that after basically almost as soon as I could after seeing it introduced at uh, Macworld Expo in San Francisco that January. I think it, it was... It was selling so well, Apple decided they were going to raise the price. So I found one at the the expiring price at some third-party store like Mac Warehouse or whatever. Okay, it was fun. In fact, I got someone from Apple to donate one for my handicapped nephew, Jared. Good for them. They really were nice people, no longer at Apple. Then somebody broke into his apartment in Phoenix and stole the computer. Not good for them. Not good for them at all. Anyway, it was interesting, an interesting little product. we got more to come with Rob Pecorero. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Stop. Put that mobile phone down because it may have been compromised. Are you aware that many identity theft issues start right on your mobile device? My friends at LibertyID.com have helped over 60,000 individuals without failure get their identities back because of them being compromised. Don't be next. Call 844-44-LIBERTY. That's 844-44-LIBERTY or visit LibertyID.com to find out if, in fact, you've been compromised and use discount code GCN. Love or loathe him, Donald J. Trump is our 45th president. There is no denying now that Trump will go down in history, both despised and admired. Commemorate Trump's presidency with your very own Trump Silver Bust from TrumpSilverStatue.com. This museum-quality heirloom Trump Silver Statue Bust is hand-cast from 20 troy ounces of silver, a great investment from TrumpSilverStatue.com. Loathed or loved, own a valuable piece of Trump's legacy. Get your solid silver Trump bust today at TrumpSilverStatue.com. everything you've heard about or read about regarding identity theft is wrong. There are dozens and dozens of companies out there claiming that they can prevent identity theft or that monitoring your credit file will help you prevent identity theft. And I'm here to tell you it's simply not true. It's a scam. No one can prevent identity theft. And I mean, no one credit monitoring will not alert you to 80% of the fraudulent issues that can happen to you. Friends, there's only one company that has the solution to identity theft. That's my friends over at Liberty ID. Liberty Liberty ID fixes the damages caused by identity theft. In fact, they've successfully restored the identities of over 60,000 individuals without fail. Call my friends at Liberty ID today to see if you've been compromised. If you're on your cell phone, you probably have been. And my friends at Liberty ID will let you know if you have and what you can do to fix it. Call right now, 844-44-LIBERTY. That's 844-44-LIBERTY. Or visit them at LibertyID.com and use discount code GCN at checkout. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-958-6936. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. 
To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-6936. Call 1-800-958-6936. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg talking about my personal history with the iMac. So then there was an iMac G5. Remember that? And, you know, it was suddenly a lot more powerful than you expect an iMac to be. But where things really came to a head was the late 2009 iMac. It was a mainstream desktop computer, in some ways capable, at least with single and quad-core tasks of performance that would rival the Mac Pro. I mean, what a ride from a cheap consumer computer to something that was mainstream. With the 5K Retina display beginning in 2014, the iMac came even more powerful, more powerful processor, more powerful graphics. And then finally, 2017, Apple says, first they tell us, they're going to have an iMac with professional features. And I thought it's going to be a few options. And then you've got the iMac Pro starting at $5,000. Whoa. Not for me. Whoa. What do you think of that? That's not for you. It's not for me either. It's not for, you know, no way am I doing $5,000 for a Mac anymore. That goes back a lot of years. In the 90s, I could do that. $5,000 Mac was no big deal. But Apple says it's not overpriced. If you price out a PC workstation, they're actually cheaper in most respects. Yet we hear all this stuff about Apple being overpriced. What's your contention here or your belief about the focus of this product? I don't know. I mean, part of it seems to me it's sort of a stopgap because Apple has said there's going to be a new Mac Pro coming out, an actual desktop computer without an integrated monitor that that is going to be modular and expandable. And I would... You know, I am not a pro graphics video editing user, but it seems to me you'd want something that that unlike the iMac and unlike the MacBook and and the iPad and the iPhone and everything else Apple makes that allows for easy upgrades and expansion. And so, I don't know if you're if you're a potential buyer of the iMac Pro, how much are you is tempted to say, well. I mean, wait another three months and there'll be a new Mac Pro out and that'll be really what I need. And it may, I don't know, the Mac Pro, if it's priced like the current, I use that in very large air quotes, the current model, that would be uh, less than what they're charging for the Mac Pro. And for that matter, I don't know, the, the whole value proposition of the iMac is somewhat questionable as the screens get larger and nicer because... You know, a 4K screen, even in daily use as a computer monitor, is going to outlive the computer to which it is inextricably attached. Which is why, you know, Apple does make this other computer that allows you to replace the monitor and have that be separate. But the Mac Mini is the other one that's neglected for almost as long as the Mac Pro. Who could have thunk it? Yeah, I wonder about this because you think that the people who want 
a $5,000 workstation or one that can be optioned to the point where it's comparable in price to a compact automobile. 18 <laughs> cores, four terabytes of solid state storage, 128 gigabytes of ECC RAM. Tell me that's not going to be 15 or 17,000, uh, right? Still cheaper than the Apple Watch edition though, isn't it? They don't make the Apple Watch edition anymore, do they? <laughs> They, they they sold one to everyone who was willing to buy it. And I guess then they said, okay, we're done. Yeah, but after those five people, that's it. Yeah. In any case, we have here something where you wonder how many people are going to want an integrated computer for that price. You know, it seems to go against the market or does it? What is Apple thinking or do they care? I mean, obviously, a lot of development work went into building a thermal system in there that they could take something the same size as the current iMac and stick workstation-level parts in there. That's a pretty decent engineering achievement. They must have something in mind or some information about potential buyers before investing that. You know, discerning Apple's intentions gets very hard, and not just because they don't talk about them, but just the, their actions. You know, under what other scenario, and we've gone over this before, under what scenario does a computer company spend far more time on its headquarters than on its pro desktop? You know, no one is going to use the Apple campus to, like, make a new movie or ship a great iOS app. Well, they might but shoot a movie there. Where, well, sure, they'll shoot a movie there. Yeah, they probably will. Actually, I'm sure it'll be uh, some Star Trek sequel I'm figuring. Or maybe it's too—it's already too recognizable as Apple's headquarters. Yeah, we can't have that. Okay, so I wonder about that. I kind of think what's going to happen here with the next Mac Pro is it'll be mostly an iMac Pro without the display, the expandability, and also maybe they'll go even higher end with the Xeons. Instead of 18-core, there's a 22-core out there. So they'll start the price a little lower than the iMac Pro, maybe $39.99, but it'll go up to $18,000. Yeah, definitely not for me. You think? Yeah, we've looked so much into cheap computers. Apple is still competitive up there. As I said, they claim that you could buy a PC workstation of similar complement to an iMac Pro for $7,000, some people have done do-it-yourself estimates to come within a couple of hundred dollars of the iMac Pro, which says today it's competitive. It surprised me. And something else I didn't realize, you and I have talked about this in the past, Rob, that when you want to upgrade RAM or drives at Apple, it's very expensive. Yep. Did you ever price the same kind of options at Dell? Not lately. I recall the last time I did a direct comparison, it was looking at what was the cost to upgrade storage on a smartphone. And with Apple, this may have gone back to when they were still shipping the, the iPhone, starting with 16 gigs. Uh, it was 100 bucks to go from 16 to 32. And the phone I was comparing it to was a $50 premium, which is still a ripoff, but less of one considering you can't exactly open the phone. Uh, we should note, I guess, is it just the 27-inch iMac or the the 21-inch one as well, where there actually is a little door you can open on the back to add more memory. You don't need to get suction cups to remove the screen or do any of this crazy stuff you'll see in an iFixit teardown guide. You can it's worse with the newer memory. iMacs because you need adhesive. They use adhesive assembly. 
Yeah. Craziness. <laughs> okay. But here, think about this for a second. Yes, you can open the RAM slot on the newer IMAX, the 27-inch model, very easily. The 21.5-inch, I don't think you can easily. Yeah, and that's you the could, one I'm definitely not buying the 27-inch. <laughs> I don't need that much glass in front of me. Right, but you can sure upgrade very easily. Okay, I'm talking here, Rob, about you buy a Dell computer. And now yeah. you go to the customized window and you want to add RAM, you want to add storage, whatever. And I did a comparison with one of the higher-end configurations at Dell, something close to a workstation, because I wanted to see what it would cost to upgrade a Dell workstation compared to upgrading what we expected would cost for an iMac or an iMac Pro. And the prices were in $25 of Apple's. Hmm. Both Dell and HP, they make some pretty well-regarded uh, you know, hybrid convertible laptops, which you know, I've got to buy one of them because... Yeah, every time I'm trying to use my laptop on, you know, an economy seat in an airplane, the MacBook Air is not that great of a fit, even my little 13-incher. And being able to just use a, a laptop in tablet-only mode would help with that use case. And, and in that area, well, you can't do a one-to-one comparison because Apple doesn't have a convertible laptop. But even comparing them to Apple's, you know, non-convertible only laptop laptops, uh, they're cheaper. Who's cheaper? Uh, the Dell and HP models in the sense that the newer processor, to be sure, uh, about the same amount of storage. Uh, definitely more expandability in most cases. You know, you have to get up into to compete with things like having biometric unlocking of the the laptop. Suddenly, you're in the eighteen hundred dollar and up touch bar MacBook space, and that that is one area where Apple has made itself less competitive. We got more to come. One more segment with Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack Technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on 
on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. I think what happened here when we're doing price comparisons and looking at the price of a Mac versus a comparable PC. I think the MacBook Pro with the touch bar became less competitive when that price went up. I think it was more so the previous year's price before 2016. Yeah. I don't think Apple cares because PC sales are flatter down, Mac sales are going up slightly. And I suspect with all this new hardware it just came out, that it came out early enough in the quarter to move a lot of metal, don't you think? Probably. Yeah. I haven't seen people saying, you know, the computer I want is out of stock, which is good. We don't want to go back to the bad old days when Apple could not manage to get its supply chain to to match actual demand. Yeah, I think they can do that pretty good right now. I bet, though, that the iMac Pro will be in short supply when it comes out in December. It'll come out December 32nd or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Certainly when, you know, whenever it ships, I'll walk over to my Apple store and 
see what it looks like, but uh, there is there is no risk of me putting in a credit card for that. So what should Apple do with the Mac Mini? Last upgrade, 2014. It seems to me it shouldn't be much work to just put new parts in there. Yeah. You know, put a, put a USB-C port on the back instead of the, uh, what does it have now, uh, Thunderbolt. Yeah. You know, upgrade the storage and the processor. There's not that much you got to do. The hard work's already been done. And it's a good entry-level computer, and it's got it does certain things. I mean, people put them into server racks. I don't know why they think that market segment is so boring. Uh, certainly, you know, if I had a choice between the 4K 21-inch iMac and a Mac Mini, of course I'd buy the Mac Mini, assuming it, it was shipping with you know current processing and storage. You know, I would rather have the monitor be this separate thing that I can keep because it's going to be around a while. You know, whereas getting a PC to last a personal computer the last eight years, as I've done, is no mean feat. Most people don't manage it. But I'm sure that whenever this thing gets sent off to the to the glue factory, they're going to be able to take the monitor out of it and do something useful with it because it's still working fine. It looks just as good, I think, I mean, except for all the fingerprints on it. The screen still looks great. Can't quite say the same for the rest of the hardware. Well, I know that my original 2009 iMac is in a new home now, and it works just as good. And that's what now? Eight years old. And I've got yeah. this MacBook Pro here that's seven years old, and it works fine. And remember, technically, a notebook is an all-in-one computer. You know? Yep. So what we make a big deal when it's an all-in-one desktop computer? Well, what if the display goes? Or what if the computer goes? Whatever goes... You've got a doorstop or something, or you got to make do. Anyway, I agree with you. The Mac Mini, Apple ought to do something. And there was a single sentence or two from Phil Schiller at this roundabout meeting. Yeah. Early April about the Mac Mini, and they like it. And some pro users use them too. I think he's hinting at something. That will give Apple something else to announce this fall. What are they going to announce this fall? We'll have, of course, the iPhone, no more iPads. That's done. They shot that wad. <laughs> They've already announced the iMac, unless they have a special event for the iMac Pro, another event to also launch the Mac Pro, and maybe then talk about the Mac Mini. But you th- assume here that if there's a new Apple Watch, it goes with the iPhone. So I'm trying to figure out what does Apple announce. I don't think the You're HomePod... Right, the Apple Watch is- the watches will go with the iPhones. Yeah. And the HomePod, that's not worth an announcement. Of, you know, it's worth a press release. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. You know, the, the pricing of that thing, no thank you. And having it be the exact same price as the iPod Hi-Fi, remember that? Uh, that's <laughs> not a good look either. I don't think they're going to get any traction against you know, Amazon, they won't get any traction against Google Home, but that's okay because no one is actually buying that. Um, right, but they're yeah. not selling that many Amazon Echoes either. The last sales report I heard was since 2014 when they came out, they sold 12 million by one estimate. That's not a lot. Apple can sell doing. that in their sleep. I don't know. Like the Echo is one of these, there are lots of devices people talk about, like Google Glass, that no normal person buys. And I've seen lots of normal people, you know, not early adopters, with an Echo or one of the other versions of it in their house. And I didn't 
didn't think that at the start, but I also, when I first tried it out, I had, did not have the, the foresight or creativity or insight to realize, oh, this would become a pretty good way to control the connected, all the smart home gadgets you've got in your house. Obviously, somebody at Amazon did have that thought in mind and probably laughed a lot when they read my review that focused only on Alexa's inability to answer some fairly straightforward questions I'd asked. Be my guest. Hmm. I know. Also, the Microsoft Surface is another product that gets a lot more coverage than it sells. They don't sell that many. I mean, what was the last quarter, 26% down the sales at the same time Apple was selling more Macs? So why are they making such big deals of these things? Yeah, I don't know. It's People keep saying we're all going to have the, these smart speakers in our home. I don't have one. I've yet to be tempted to buy one. I don't think my wife has any real interest in the product category either. Now, I have no idea about the potential of a HomePod. The only thing I see is whatever else you think about series failings and hopefully series getting better with iOS 11 and macOS and all the machine learning and everything. It's more of a speaker than an assistant. Whereas the Echo is an assistant first and a speaker second. Yeah. Well, also Siri's got fundamental differences because of Apple's whole privacy policy. Siri will never be as useful as uh, you know Google's assistant because it, it can't integrate all these other data points about your life. And, you know, you may not like the fact that Google has all this information. Speaking of which, I got to throw in this. Did you ever expect Google would announce that they're going to stop matching ads in Gmail against the content of your messages? They said, you know, there'll be ads, but they won't have they, they're not going to scan the text of your emails to see you know, if somebody mentioned a vacation or going to the grocery store to get milk. I don't know. I don't think I want an assistant around listening to me. You know, I well, worry that's about the key thing. That. As long as, you know, they all work the same way, but it's often poorly understood. The, the idea that, you know, that this thing is constantly streaming everything that you, you say up to a server, which is just computationally intensive and no way to have things work on a portable device. You no, know, it is they're yep. sharing that capacity with the NSA. <laughs> Rob Pegarello, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me in general on any social network. It's first name, last name, Rob Pegorero, R-O-B-P-E-G-O-R-A-R-O. That includes Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Google+. Well, I don't actually do anything in Google+, but I am there that way. Yeah, I write for Yahoo Finance, finance.yahoo.com, USA Today, usatoday.com, The Wirecutter, thewirecutter.com, and various other clients as they come up. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. How about that? We also have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this week we're featuring John D'Souza. He's a former FBI special agent. And he wrote a book called The Extra Dimensionals about people or things from other dimensions visiting us here on Earth. Go to Paracast.com to learn more about what we do over there. We also have... A special feature of this show, a good way, a great way to support us. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. Check out plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot where you'll find details on how to sign up. We give you an ad-free version of this show, better quality audio, 
and the prices start just a dollar forty nine a week. Our price cheap, a dollar forty nine. What can you get for a dollar forty nine anymore? Think about it, guys. A dollar forty nine. That's quite the bargain. Sure is. Plus .com. Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You're welcome. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.